TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Five Rounds Podcast. Another podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am Mags, and with me, as always, my son, Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Shag, but we'll get that. <laughs> no, for, just for context, it's literally 6 o'clock in the morning, and we've just finished watching uh, UFC Fight Night, um, Anthony Smith versus Devin Clark. Uh, quickly, let's just get through these prelims. Uh, we started with a catchweight where uh, uh, Nathan Menes beat uh, Luke Sanders by submission in the second. Then a flyweight fight with a, a first round TKO for Sue uh, Mudajere against Malcolm Gordon. Uh, Gina Mazzani with the third round knockout against Rachel Ostovich in the women's flyweight. And then the featured prelim was Anders, Anderson Dos Santos getting a first round sub against Martin Day. Uh, going on to the main card, this was originally a five-fight main card, but we lost the main event uh, when uh, Curtis Blades uh, tested positive for coronavirus. So we actually gained, we lost one fight and gained two fights. So it ended up being a six-fight uh, main card. Started in the, um, in the uh, featherweight division with uh, Kai Kamaka the third taking on Jonathan Pierce. Uh, Kai Kamaka came into this fight massive, massive favourite. Uh, nobody give uh, Jonathan Pierce a chance, and to be fair, I thought he had a really good showing with himself in this first round. Uh, he, he felt like he was the the more um, punchier fighter, looking to to land those uh, combinations a lot more. Uh, but when uh, Kai did land, he, he landed hard, and he's uh, the way he did the the two punching low kick combination was something that. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of recently and it, it was a, a really uh, really good technique to see. Uh, we saw uh, a couple of slips in this first round with people going on the floor. Uh, Pierce especially uh, threw a kick, slipped and uh, he ended up uh, pulling guard. Um, there was a lot of kind of a mixing of, of shots from Kamaka uh, and uh, Pierce uh, going towards the end of the round, changed levels, got the takedown. Uh, Kamaka was able to, to get out and, and stand back up uh, but it was a very close first round I personally thought that Pierce had the better of it uh, going into the second round uh, Pierce went for the takedown straight away tried to get in the, uh, the backpack uh, but was uh, was just unable to uh, they ended up being uh, being reset in the middle of the in the middle of the octagon uh, Pierce was landing a lot more shots you could tell that that first round gave him a lot of confidence uh, with landing knees and, and punches. Um, Kamaka, uh, uh, on a, uh, Pierce went for another takedown and landed it. Uh, Kamaka was uh, trying to, to get out of it, but Pierce was able to, to lock him up and, and keep him on the ground. Uh, landing uh, uh, good shots, attempted a guillotine. Uh, unfortunately, he was uh, unable to, to lock it in and Kamaka was able to, to reverse and get some top control. Uh, was landing some some big big shots, uh, but then uh, whilst Pierce was uh, was uh, throwing a, a right hand, uh, Kamaka went for a, uh, a rear naked. Um, Pierce then turned that back into a back mount, threw loads of rights and lefts, and uh, that's when Dan Mergotta came in and stopped the fight. So a massive upset victory for for Jonathan Pierce and uh, 
a big loss for Kakabaka. Um, yeah, it's uh, not not looking good for 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 him there. Carlos, uh, what do you think of this part? Yeah, one thing I liked about Jonathan is his game plan. He were able to come in and stick to a solid game plan. He knew um, he knew that he had the advantage uh, on the feet. But coming to the the ground, obviously that's when it was anyone's uh, sort of game. But then we quickly realised that hang on a minute, we we maybe know who's the well bettered all round fighter here, mm-hmm. and it, it clearly was Jonathan. And um, the one thing he's learned a couple not the one thing, but a couple of things he's actually learned from his experience uh, being in the UFC prior to this is. He got a shot about a year ago against Joe Lawson, and he got uh, he ended up getting finished himself in yeah. the first round. So I'm glad to see him sort of make a, a comeback story if, in a way, uh, and able to finish a guy like Carr because coming into this fight, he were a massive underdog. Yeah, um, I think Carr was uh, two and nine in his UFC career, uh, and obviously Pierce had a lot a lot of work to do, and yeah. he was able to pull yeah, it off. He needed a in in my in my personal opinion for. Obviously, to impress the boss man himself, Dana White, he's always looking for finishers. He's always looking for that next star. At the end of the day, if, if you're Jonathan, you know, hang on a minute, I got the first chance I got and I got finished it first. I need to do something in this in this fight to, to show them why it's worth keeping me in their organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he did the job perfectly. He held his own in the first and then coming into the second, I think it was just a... We were just watching it within a matter of time before he he, he had his way with Kai. That's exactly uh, what he were able to do. I liked how he, he didn't. I liked how he sort of he gave up on some of the submissions uh, and he were he was focusing on. Hang on a minute. Every time I'm hitting him here, he's raising his head up. He's giving me his, he's giving me his neck. Mm-hmm. He like I, I was shouting at Telly when we were in there and he's like you're hitting him. He's giving you. He doesn't like even you're hitting him. He's giving you that. Yeah. He's like, I felt like his coach who couldn't listen to who couldn't hear me. Uh, every, every time he hit him, Kai's head would just... You, you could just see it. If, uh, if people want to know exactly what I'm on about, basically just look at how uh, Khabib basically had hold of McGregor and McGregor would just put his head up in there just to give it up. That's exactly what I'm, I'm on about with this one. Kai were doing the exact same. Um, his head was just... He was were, he were flat out. Uh, he was flat out on his front. Um... And Jonathan were able to just uh, were able to just uh, stop him from there, finishing him, mm-hmm. which were a perfect finish for him. Uh, at the end of the day, and it's moving on forward uh, in his career. It's a, yeah, and it's a good way of like coming back from from the lessons that learned from the Joe Lawson fight. Yeah, definitely. So then after that, we uh, we went to the women's bantamweight division with uh, Norma Dumont taking on Ashley Evan Smith and. Wow, this was uh, an incredibly one-sided fight. Um, it started off in the first round with a, a very kind of elongated feeling out period where both uh, both ladies were were not trying to make any mistakes, not trying to wade in and and uh, basically expose themselves. But once uh, once Dumont felt the power that that um, uh, Evan Smith had, uh, she knew that there was nothing really in in them uh, shots to hurt her and. She was so dominant in this fight, uh, so one-sided. Uh, whenever she wanted to go for a takedown, she was able to land it uh, and, and control um, Ashley on the floor. Uh, the shots that she hit, 
every single one just looked like it was getting through and really causing damage to uh, to Ashley Evan Smith. Um, coming into the, the second and third and she just absolutely just turned it up and, and was able to dominate. She got she got to the point where she was even doing the, the kind of like Anderson Silva uh, uh, kind of mocking of her opponent. Uh, the shots that she was hitting, you could you could see the damage on uh, Ashley Smith's uh, face. She she ended up looking quite a lot like um, uh, Joanna after the uh, uh, Wei Li Zhang fight, where she she was just so much swelling on her forehead from the the punches she was taking. I mean, I've got to give Ashley Evan Smith props for being able to hang for for all three rounds, but she had no answer to uh, Dumont at all. Every time uh, Dumont was was hitting her with shots, uh, Ashley was was trying to uh, pepper her with her own, but she just was nowhere near the the reach, nowhere near uh, uh, deep enough in that pocket. A uh, coaches were telling her you need to clinch, you need to get her into fight because she knows she can pick you off at distance, and you need to to bring this fight closer in. And she just wasn't able to. And uh, Demont just dominated her for three rounds and picked up the very de- decisive unanimous decision. Yeah, I actually uh, I tweeted. Uh, Smith earlier yeah, she, she in the, really look a clown. Yeah, I tweeted Smith earlier in the week basically like giving her props and wishing her good luck for the for obviously this far and um yeah I didn't I didn't look like how I was too knowledgeable but at the end of the day it weren't more of me saying she was gonna win the fight, we're just more of good luck, I hope you get a win because it, say it how it is, she hasn't had a win in the last two years. Uh, two thousand nineteen did it go away and obviously twenty twenty fighting wise hasn't gone her way either but like you said she did she did all the elder on in there she from start to finish she was she was trying her best to get a finish just to make something happen um props to her coaches who told her coming after the second round going into the third listen you know you need a finish to win this fight this is you need a finish to win this it's simple as that can't be no pussyfooting around and uh, again, another props to her for basically realising like, shit, what can I do? Like, every time I'm doing something, she's countering, she's countering. Uh, and a coach has said, well, try and try and entice her in. You try and make her come forward. Mm-hmm. But then obviously, uh, Demant's uh, cornerman were, were telling her to keep composed and just keep calm and doing what she's doing. So it were perfect from both corners and perfect from both fighters. It was just a... Uh, a skill of uh, a matchup of skill uh, that a lot of people could have think that hang on a minute she's maybe not as as good as uh, as demand but on a on a good day yeah she is she definitely is it's tonight tonight just weren't a, a yeah. night demand was just the, the better fighter mm-hmm. but this is another one of them stories of going back to the last fight with Jonathan she earlier on this year. Uh, making her debut in the UFC, she got stopped by Megan Anderson in the first round. She's took a big lesson from that and come back and realised, hang on a minute, what do I need to change? <laughs> she's realised featherweight's not the weight for me, I need to drop down to bantamweight. She looks like she's found a home there, because in my personal opinion, she looked better tonight at bantamweight than yeah. she did in her bout against Megan Anderson. And she took no damage as well, I mean, after the fight, she didn't even look like she'd been in. No, it didn't even look like she'd been in a three round fight. No. So, and but on the other hand, you looked at Smith and it's like it looked like she got hit by a car. Yeah. So 
the man that she keeps on the way she keeps fighting. Obviously, that's not saying that she's going to be the next a champion at bantamweight. Obviously, that's that's far from it. But that we've all, we've said it time and time again that them divisions are a so low in star power and in name power that a couple of good wins, decent wins, and they don't even have to be over decent name fighters. That's what we've sort of gathered from these weights it's just mm -hmm. decent wins and making you putting yourself out there and you you're in the you're in the talk for top three and the next thing before you know you 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 fight for Nunes because she's already beat everybody else yeah exactly so um, um so um, like you said though it's a good comeback from from the loss that she uh she had earlier this year and dropping down the weight she she looks more at home in that way Definitely, she definitely looks more at home there, and uh, a win over Smith just puts her one step further up that ladder. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't fault her. Like everything she was doing, like uh, a stand up was a, was on point, a ground fight was on point. I loved the hooks over the top that like she was bringing into mm -hmm. counter. It was so much reminding me like Aiden's in the gym, and Aiden were perfect in it. You, it's one of them shots you don't see it's when you're coming in. The hook just comes around and it just cracks you up back at here and it's like, where did that come from? Uh, so they're just perfect shots. Um, so yeah, I liked how she's, she were able to add them into her arsenal and able to use them. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she needs to stay on this sort of path, keep learning as she's doing and, and hopefully she, she can make it up there into the top five or potentially top three. Yeah. So then after that, we uh, we go back to the, the men's featherweight division. Uh, Bill Algio taking on Spark Carlisle. Uh, first round was uh, an interesting round to say the least. It were a, uh, Carlisle's a, a big was a big ball of energy for, for the first uh, few seconds until he got clipped with a right hand. Um, then for some reason he screamed like like really loudly <laughs> as if like he was prepping himself up to do a like a, a, a kind of a, a blitzkrieg attack and then walked straight into a, a right hand. Um, and it was Carlisle really frustrated me all the way through the fight because the way he he's he's got zero head movement and his head is leaned to the right like he's like he's had a stroke and he, he can't hold it up. <laughs> Um, and every time he was taking a shot, it, it's like he had to take a few seconds to, to kind of digest and analyse that so, he took a shot. Which one of y'all hit me? Yeah, it was just <laughs> really, really weird. I mean, to be fair, this was this this first round was his best round. He got uh, he got a couple of takedowns, and one of them he, he, he did really well to work into a, a very tight bulldog choke, which uh, Bill Aljo was able to to uh, escape and, and, and uh, transition to taking Carlisle's back. Um, but once we got to the, the second and third round, it was pretty much the Bill Algio taking control and, and, and really like dominating the fight. He uh, they they went to the floor a couple of times in the in the second. Algio got a good body triangle and, and was going for the rear naked quite a lot. Then he went for a head and arm choke. Uh Carlisle did just enough to kind of escape that. Um, the 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 majority of the, of the second round he just spent with um, with Aldio uh, trying different kind of uh, submission techniques and and uh, Spark Carlisle really kind of just trying to survive. Uh, took a lot of shots. Then going into the third round, um, Carl, this is when Carlisle started to finally throw some shots. Uh, missed every single one of them almost. 
Um, it was a, a very, very, you could tell they were both tired. Uh, Carlisle obviously having that second round where he, he had a lot to carry a lot of Bill Aljo's weight and then obviously Bill had used a lot of energy going for, for the submissions. Uh, we, we get like a lot of back and forth in, in terms of clinch shots. Uh, Carlisle tries for some more takedowns which he's, he's unable to, to, to pull off both a single and a, a double leg. Um, he went in for one takedown and, and et a knee coming right up the middle, uh, which was a, a really good shot. I thought that uh, that had finished the fight, but uh, Carlisle, he, he, he's, he's a tough son of a gun in, in terms of he's got a chin, but yeah, he needs a lot of work on, on his fight. And uh, the, the judges gave this three rounds to, um, to uh, Bilal Joe. I think. Spark probably took the first round for me, but I think Bill definitely did enough in those second and third rounds to to get this uh to get this victory. And it was well deserved. Another fighter who uh, who's kind of like crossed out that loss in in their UFC debut and 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 got a win. Yeah, the one thing about Spark for me is I don't I think he's one of these fighters who's who's still finding his path, still finding his his true weight class. And still finding these road to victory. Um, if in my personal opinion, I'd be telling him to drop down because he's he's a, he was a small guy in this fight tonight. He's he he carries a lot of muscle that, to be honest with you, is just too much because he he gassed out quite quick and mm -hmm. it, quite early now. He didn't throw that many. Now, yeah, now fair enough. There were like fifty shots that got thrown by him. But when you actually, when you speak about that as in a professional bout and in these UFC bouts, that's not a lot, is it? So when you're doing that and then you're having to uh, getting the the wrestling clinches, uh, getting the takedowns and the, the submissions like the bulldog shot that he held on for a good what thirty. 30, 40 seconds that he yeah. was holding on for that for so in, in multiple positions as well. Yeah, that takes a lot of that takes a lot of doing so and especially when you've got that much muscle, you need the oxygen to go around your body and if you can't get the oxygen around your body fast enough, all all that lactic acid is just building up and you you just feel you just feel knackered. It's like you'd you'd want you'd want him to hit you and knock you out just just sort of out and stop. Um but yeah, for me, he needs he needs to find his true path, find his true weight. Maybe need to speak to his coaches and decide what he wants to do. Because even if he even if he stayed at this weight, there could be potential for him. He just needs to do a hell of a lot more cardio. Because you're not you're not like Paul Felder said. You're if you you're fighting like this now in a three round fight, don't expect to be winning no five round fights. It's as simple as that. And you, you can understand where he's coming from. He was he was fucked. He. That third round, he was he was up for just collapsing down, mm. and up. He was looking at his corner like, "Carry me backstage, carry me." <laughs> <laughs> and he just he was in the state that he were in. There was no way he could com compete at them sort of levels. If he were to stay at there, he needs a lot more of his endurance training. His power, he's there. Like you, he's one of them dangerous guys. You walk into him and you get crap. You don't fucking know about it. He's got a lot of power in them hands. Uh, I don't know if it's just the gingers in the UFC or even Paul Felder, but it seems to me like the gingers what they do take on have got power in their hands. Um, Paul Felder joke there, if you don't understand. Uh, but yeah, it, that's one thing. He, he needs to find his path, but he's still a dangerous fighter no matter what he does. Um, but then going on to 
Um, going on to Bill. Um, most people will look at this fight and go, "That's this is somewhat of a you could say of a gimme fight, even though we're on the small spectrum of the fighting like uh, aspects." But you could go, he's just basically been like sort of fed Billy. But anyway, he he, he hasn't because they both come in, they were both coming in like off losses, um, both uh, relatively good fighters uh, in their own way, but. Bill surprised me how he were able to keep the distance and I know that sounds a bit stupid how because he was the longer fighter and he had the bigger reach advantage. I know it sounds stupid to be saying it but you've got to, I'm saying that on the, the aspect of you've got to understand how Spark fights, he comes forward, he's in your face, he's pressure, pressure, pressure. He's, he's generally the smaller guy so he needs to get into it. Mm -hmm. And Bill were able to use that distance really well to keep him away. Uh, yeah, he were able to keep him away, use it to his advantage uh, to make sure Spark couldn't use that power to potentially knock him out. But in saying that, he did make a couple of his own mistakes by going into Spark, and he he was lucky that Spark was gassing himself out a lot because if the uh, a fresher Spark, if he hits him with the same shots, just a bit cleaner. It could have been a different story, which luckily enough for Bill, uh, it wasn't. He were in there, uh, another fighter who kept to a solid game plan, and just goes to show when you keep to a, when you've got good coaches behind you, a good team, and you you work on a game plan for, for weeks or or, or a month or two months, whatever it, it might be, how long you, your training camp might be, if there's nothing going wrong in the fight, what orders you to basically go off course and change a game plan? Always stick to your game plan. That's what you've been working on for, for months. If you've been working on it, it's going to work. Hard work always pays off. Mm -hmm. That's what I've always been told. Uh, and Bill's hard work paid off tonight. He, a, a fighter who was coming off a loss, he were able to make the right adjustments, time his shots really well, time the takedowns really well, and he was able to stay calm under pressure, especially with the bulldog choke and I'm gonna I'm gonna call bullshit on these on these little interviews, you know when he said like oh it worked that tight and stuff like that, it's like bollocks. Mm -hmm. I've been in a bulldog choke and yeah. they are fucking tight you little liar. Like, <laughs> I understand you won but be humble you you prick. Like the that were tight, you can tell that were tight and he did he did amazing to were able to stay calm and get out of it. Um but yeah, what what else can you say about from he he got the win in a you could in my as a spectacular fashion the way you were able to do it even though it went to the decision it wasn't a boring fight it wasn't one of these where it was like oh well they just led on him they both knackered well we'll get on to one of them fights later on but yeah for this fight this this was a, a good fight yeah it were and that fight you you were alluding to then is the very next fight Josh Parisian yeah, versus yeah. Parker Porter in the heavyweight division now. Oh, the, these heavyweights are so so frustrating for 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 us because outside the the very elite level fighters, it's it's literally just oh you can you can uh, punch hard and you and you're carrying a bit of timber. You're a, you're a UFC heavyweight, uh, and that's exactly what this fight was. Josh Prison versus Parker Porter. The first round. Uh, they both both guys absolutely gassed themselves out because they just both went hell for leather trying to uh, knock each other out. 
Um, Parisian landed his probably his best shots in this first round. It was very, it was quite accurate, and uh, Parker Porto really proved that he had a good chin taking uh, the shots, especially with the the spinning uh, back fist uh, and the 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 knees and 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 the dirty boxing. But uh, once we get to the second and third round, uh, Parisian looked absolutely gassed. Look, it looked it reminded me of. Um, uh, what I can't even remember the fighter, but the uh, someone who it was in the heavyweight division and, and literally just was unable to breathe after the first round, and they it was able to just survive just by its massive size and not being able to get knocked out. Oh, it's going to annoy me. I can't remember who it is, but I basically flew off top of my head. Yeah, uh, but basically every time. Um, uh, Parisian went for shots. He was absolutely sucking up wind. Um, um, Porto, Porto to to uh, to give him props, even though he was pretty much the same and, and very kind of like gassing out. At least he had uh, more more kind of um, skills in his arsenal. He was able to get uh, uh, some uh, ground control. He got a tripper halfway through the the, the second round. Were, was able to isolate the arm and go for like a key lock, uh, went for an arm bar, uh, was landing hammer fists and stuff like that. Just getting to the end of the first round, we, uh, they got back on the feet and Porter was landing lots of big shots and cut up uh, Parisian's uh, cheek. Third round, um, Parisian landed a low blow uh, to give uh, Porter a little bit of a break and Carlos made a comment about how um, how gassed these guys were you'd have used up that five minutes to, yeah. to get your breath right back but um, but uh, Parisian didn't uh, a Porter didn't he only used about a minute of it uh, I think he knew that he had this fight won and that uh, if he gave uh, Josh Parisian time to rest that he could maybe kind of gain that some of that power back and some of that speed back um, but it was in the third round. It was quite a lot like the like the second round where uh, Porter was landing the better shots. He he looked the more energetic, landing uh, cleaner. Uh, he was just unable to to finish Parisian uh, at, at the end. Parisian went for another spinning back fist, uh, kind of like a, a last ditch attempt at a knockout. Um, and was uh, Porter was able to to kind of block it and land a couple more shots, get a knee in. Uh, the final uh, flurry of the of the fight, and then both guys were were pretty much collapsing in a heap because they were absolutely gassed out. Um, not a very good fight to watch. Really kind of disappointing, especially with Parisian uh, coming in and making his debut with a, a big of a hat, big heart train behind him. Yeah, that heart train uh, is very much derailed for me. Yeah, I ain't giving props to none of these two porky bastards. The honestly, I, mean, I, I tried to be uh, magnanimous about it, but yeah, they they were un, they were unfit. They were unfit. No, they they proper were. They, it, it's embarrassing. Like well, you, I understand they're heavyweights. You, most heavyweights who weigh over like two hundred and fifty pound are a bit tougher. I can understand that. But well, Jesus. Parisian was on the very limit. It was a two sixty five point five. Fucking hell! How did so? You know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's like what do you say? Like, if you're his coach, what do you what do you actually tell him? Do you tell him well done because you're an auditor, or do you say, come on, mate, do you not think you should do a, a mile and a half every now and again? Like, he get both of them gassed out incredibly quick. Mm -hmm. The only thing you can say is some of the shots was clean as the combos, but 
which you you can't be really surprised at is because the apparently professional fighters so you'd expect them to have more in the arsenal than a couple of just combos that they can they can land in it they were both two tummy messes who were just mm. who were just throwing each other and i'm in a, com- uh, a comment to you i've seen better fights between two piss people on a video and it was like what is going on here though they were more hugging than they were than they were farting and then they were just more he was turning his every time he went and cracked he would just basically turn his body and, and running away now I, people could probably say I'm tired for this, but I couldn't give a shit. He he's been on the the Ultimate Fighter. Um, yeah, uh, Josh has been on the Ultimate Fighter, and he's uh, he's been on the Contender Series twice. And he, he's only just this is like he has his fourth chance at the UFC. And to be honest with you, I don't I don't think the UFC gives him a another fight after this. But the thing is, though, that they will because as frustrating as the heavyweight division is because there's such a massive gap between the top-level fighters and the fighters underneath, it's what, still the yeah, marquee division. What do you expect when you... you no wonder the gap's so big. Because, like I said, you've got people like Ingarnu, people like Stipe, even Curtis... Curtis but even Derek Lewis is not even that fucking big. Like, he, he's worked with his cardio, man. Like... There's a, you can be a professional athlete, a heavyweight, and still look like an athlete, and not just look like someone that they've just dragged off a trailer park who can hit hard. It, it's just, to me, it baffles me, because I've so amateur farts that like, piss all over that fart. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it and go, you know what, some of these guys who, who I know, who... Uh, from from around Burnley area, some of the some of the guys from around Preston and Blackburn, some of the guys who 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 haven't got massive names, but I've seen their farts and their farts pisses all over this fart, mm-hmm. and it's like they want to have that sort of they want to have that sort of recognition. They they would put on a fart, they would entertain you. That fart were entertaining. If any one it of the fans, if any one of you who's listening to this, uh, the fans listen to this, and you think it were entertaining, tweet us and tell us. Guarantee no one will. Guarantee no one will. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but at least we got a co-main event and main event that that were entertaining. So the co-main event was uh, Miguel Beza taking on Takashi Sato uh, in the welterweight division. Uh, Miguel Beza nine and zero in his career, looking to to make it ten and zero. And he absolutely was able to in in this fight uh, after um, a, a nervy-looking uh, first first minute or so. Uh, Bieza was able to land a couple of body kicks and then a front kick, uh, and and he, you could tell he had a lot of confidence in this fight. Uh, was able to really pick off the shots and his shots were so quick as well uh, he's got so much accuracy with, with his uh, with his uh, kicks and his and his hands he really gave uh, Sato a lot to think about in this first round uh, Texa uh, gets to a clinch about halfway through uh, Bieza lands a, a little bit of a, a glancing low blow so Sato uh, takes a bit of time to, to uh, recover then when we get back to the action, Sato attempts to do a, f- a fast break, uh, gets into a clinch. Uh, Bieza with the with the lengthy knees, uh, and then one, once they break from this clinch, Bieza uh, goes for a kick and, and slips. 
but unfortunately Sato wasn't able to, to capitalise from it. Uh, gets to the end of the round, um, Bieza lands a, a couple of kicks at the end, um, comes out for the second, um, again with, with those really good body kicks, uh, they damaged uh, Sato all the way through this fight and then the way he follows him up with the right and left hand jabs uh, you could you could see he worked very very well on those combinations, and he was so uh, like, so accurate with him. Uh, Sato got very little uh, offense in this fight, and he he's in the fights that, that we've seen of him. He's a very handy fighter, so uh, props to Bieza for making him look uh, ordinary. Uh, the the combos were just so so good for for Bieza. Bieza was able to uh, shoot for a single. Um, Sato tried to, to back it up off the fence, but Bieza was able to, to get that tear down, get the back. Uh, it was landing uh, uh, some ground and pound. Sato tried to like, uh, turtle up, uh, and that's when Bieza swept into uh, a harm and head choke. Sato, last gasp, trying to escape by uh, tugging on his own arm to, to, to try and free and get some space. Knew he was unable to, got the tap. And Bieza goes three and zero in his UFC career and ten and zero in his in his uh, MMA career. Yeah, what a, what a game plan, uh, Bieza. I I loved his kicks. I loved the the volume of kicks uh, and the way he was throwing them. Uh, uh, Sorta. What? Sort of. Sato. Sato. It was fucking said in there, well. Yeah, Sato. We were it. Uh, Bosa were able to use the kicks against Sato really well. Um, Sato just didn't, to me, didn't have a, he didn't have an answer for him. Which, what do you expect? The guy's coming in. He's now what ten and all now mm-hmm. um, through this. So he's, he's getting out of a good, uh, a, a good record on paper. Uh, obviously, a win over Matt Brown is a, a good name. And um, Sato, he's he's not like a pushover himself. Like we seen in his last couple of fights, and you go watch him in like Raz and stuff like that. He's he's an handy character. Um, but he doesn't like them submissions though, does he? He doesn't, yeah, so it seems to be his weak point. Mm-hmm. Um, someone needs to go and, uh, someone needs to go and work on the, the submission, the submission defence. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, that's not to say he didn't try, he, he did, this, he, I, I like this fight, they, they both were, they both were, were, were trying to do it, uh, Beza were, with a better fighter, yeah. he he knew exactly what he needed to do. The kicks was on point. He he threw his strikes when he needed to, and like in the grab of the exchanges, he was just he was just a better fighter. Also, just didn't have a he didn't have an answer for anything that uh, Basil would brunt and art. And for such uh, for for a guy who's who's young uh, and upcoming with a record now of ten and all, it's only a matter of time before you start seeing his name more and more. But then going on to that, he's in the welterweight division. That welterweight division is packed mm-hmm. with just straight killers who's ready to take your head off so they can fight for that belt or even try just for the number one contender spot. So you need to be a different sort of Animal. different sort of killer yeah. to to compete with them guys. And he he made it look easy against a guy who Sato who. Who likes to? He'll, he'll give you a good stand and bang. He, he'll give you an entertaining fight. But uh, 
just goes to show Bay has got it all. This is his first submission. I think is it his first submission win in his professional bout. Yeah. Uh, his first submission win, and, and what a way to get it over a, a top opponent. But in that welterweight division, it's. Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. It only gets harder from here. Let's just say that. Yeah, it's like it doesn't get, doesn't get. That is literally one of them divisions where you've got to respect the champion. Like a lot of people like go in it and go, oh, the champion's boring and stuff like that. But you got to realise who's in that division. Like they just said, Basil and ten and all. He could potentially work his way up. But then look at the man at the top, Kamara Usman. Look at the the ass whooping he gave Kobe. Look at the control he were able to do against Masvidal. You've got to be that sort of killer, but the guy who's so well-rounded, you're ready for every single challenge that's got put in front of you because it's a hard road getting to that title. It's an even harder one defending it and keeping it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go on to this main event. It was uh, originally scheduled to be the core main event, but obviously, we, like we said earlier, uh, Curtis Blades... Uh, um, contracted coronavirus, so uh, hopefully he gets well uh, pretty soon, and we and we get that Blades versus Lewis fight. Um, but yeah, we we had Anthony Lionheart Smith uh, trying to get back in the win column and trying to get back to the the light heavyweight title uh, picture, taking on uh, Devin Clark. Uh, bright start for Devin Clark, to be fair, lands a a, a good high kick and uh, a good right. Um Smith. Um, Got into a clinch and was able to effortlessly take um, take Devin Clark down. Now, obviously, we know Smith as uh, someone who likes to to work on the feet and and really kind of use his striking. But um, it's his his ground game is very very underrated, and he he had a, a plenty of opportunity in this fight to to show it off. Uh, he was able to uh, drag uh, Clark from near the fence to the middle of the octagon. That was brilliant. I loved that. The fact he used his, just used his own strength to, to to make sure that Clark had no way of kind of like getting back to his feet by leaning against the fence. Um, took his back and then uh, looked like he was working for a twister. Carlos were like getting really excited about that. Um, but then uh, Clark was uh, was uh, back healing. Um, Anthony Smith's legs uh, to to basically try and get him to to uh, release the hold. He was able to reverse into top position, and we were like, "Oh, is this going to be like where Smith uh, Smith has made a mistake, and and Devin Clark's uh, uh, ground game is going to pay dividends?" But no, Smith was uh, was able to work a, a triangle from the bottom, tap, uh, turns it up, and uh, Clark had no option but to tap. So two and a half minutes into the first round, and. Uh, Anthony Smith is uh, back in the win column with a, an amazingly well-worked submission. Um, yeah, definitely. And what, what do you say, your 50th professional fight mm. and you get uh, a submission win and uh, not only that, you're back on the, the winning ways at the end of a, a pretty shitty year for everybody in the world. Uh, I'm so glad he did. You know, I'm actually so glad that he, he did get a win over getting stopped. Uh, Getting stopped off Glover and and the, well, let's be let's be realistic. He hasn't had a good run since basically getting beat off Bones. Yeah, he's basically been on a, a sort of hit a Dan, he's been on a Dan Hardy trajectory. Yeah, in a way, and it's all it's for me. It were a bit I wouldn't say heartbroken because that makes it sound a bit a bit weird, but uh, more of 
Um, but we've got a soft spot for him. Yeah, he's he's one of, he's he's an humble guy. Even though he's mm-hmm. like he, he, a lionheart and he's a fighter and that lot, he's he's a very humble guy and he's not he's he's not your he's not your everyday Joe, is he? He's 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 a special special character like uh, of his own, uh, someone of like his caliber. You'd think, hang on a minute, he should be as calm as he is, but you know, I fair like him. Guy wears glasses. He's he's a cool guy. Um, but yeah, he's he didn't have a didn't have a since basically the defeat of Bones, he hasn't been having a good time. He's having a tough time. But coming back and, and getting a win over Clark, yeah, it might not be a big name, but fuck it, it's a win. It's mm-hmm. a confidence that you didn't have two months ago. It's a win you didn't have two months ago. So that's the way people have got to look at it, and that's the way Smith's got to look at it. The one thing that uh, who said Rick Paul Felder or one other uh, one other commentary team? I was like, his uh, wrestling's not is uh, on paper. He's like Clark's wrestling is better and stuff like that. But I was thinking to myself, like, he's taking the piss. He's if you you forgetting who Anthony Smith is? Yeah, just because he he basically didn't look like he knew what he was doing on the ground against Glover. But that's Glover, man. He's fucking Glover to share. He's, he doesn't make anyone look like a novice. It's like you grappling Damian Meyer and saying, oh, I did shit. <laughs> no shit. So he's, he's, he, it is what it is. So it's, uh, yeah, his it, wrestling's always been there. He's top pressure and even he's, he's still dangerous from the bottom. That triangle came out of absolutely nowhere. And once it was singed up and tart, I were actually saying to you, he needs to be turning like to get more pressure on it because I, I thought that he didn't have enough pressure on it and I would say to you like he needs to turn a little yeah. bit more into it so he can try and grab that arm and try and work it into it and next thing before you know he's turning opposite way and he's fucking basically he's he's crunching it up while squeezing on his neck and he, he just gets a tap so yeah a fantastic win for him I'm glad he's back in the win column and hopefully this can just push him forward going into 2021 and Hopefully we see him get another title shot because I do. I still hold my, my word that I said to you and Mars when he first got his title shot. This won't be the last title shot Anthony Smith gets. Yeah, and I, I do believe it won't be. I do believe he'll get another shot. I agree with you. And if anyone is someone who you want to be a UFC champion before they retire, it's definitely someone like Anthony Smith. Definitely, he deserves it, man. The guy's yeah. a the guy's a fighter in and out. The kid, you don't. Know, how can you not respect a guy who's had 50 professional fights? Yeah. It's like, you tell me you don't respect Cowboy. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. On, the, on the same sort of wavelength. The guy's, a, the guy's an OG of, of mixed martial arts. You don't... Like, if you if you know his story, he, he, he said it before the fight. The guy were eating a sandwich and decided, you know what, I want to be a cage fighter. And next thing before you know, he's a fucking cage fighter. Like, yeah. How many people do you know he's eating a fucking subway and going, tell you what, I'm going to punch that guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you've never had a night out in Burnley Towns, have you? But yeah, um, great, great end to the card. Uh, let's go on to next week's card with a early, uh, relatively early card for us, a midnight start for for the main card. But we've got Jack Hermanson taking on Marvin Vittori in the main event. Uh, co-main event of Ovin St. Prior back at light heavyweight after his dalliance as a heavyweight, uh, taking on Jamal Hill. Uh, and then in the women's flyweight, we've got Montana De La Rosa taking on Taylor Santos. So some interesting fights coming up next week. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. Also, stay tuned for uh, five rounds because uh, 
Carlos here has got a super secret project. I mean, I'm not going to drop any kind of like um, any kind of hints about what it is. But yeah, keep your ears pierced, uh, ears peeled uh, to uh, five rounds for for Carlos's uh, upcoming project, which is going to be exclusive to shooting the sports ish. Uh, but you can also hear this uh, podcast on uh, Visionaries Global Media and the Chairshot uh, Media Group. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter at DJ Kirby, follow Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos. Uh, me, me and Carlos's missus had a, a bit of a giggle at him uh, earlier on this week when he's only got a few hundred followers. And, <laughs> Yeah, she was ribbing him uh, for that. So come on, boost him up, give him some follows. Uh, yeah, follow the show at Five Rounds Pod. Uh, thank you all for listening, and that is the end. Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.